is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. For part two with Tony Yazbek, we continue the conversation with communication. We talk about that healthy anger one could have inside of themselves to move along in life. And he shares his billboard quote, which is very similar to Joe Mantello's a couple weeks ago. So I hope you enjoy this part two with Tony Yazbek. Keep on keeping on. Communication. We talked about the right people in the right room. The times you've come up against maybe the wrong person or what would be defined as the wrong person in the wrong room. How have you how have you worked through communication? How have you gotten better at communicating? Um, it comes naturally when you're with the right person, but you know, when you're coming up against something else, I'm curious. Uh, you know, I would say I'm still working on that. Um, if I'm being honest, like I, I'm learning so much uh, from people with that and I'm, I have to constantly look at it and see where I can help because I'm such a big picture person and an idealist. And I, I believe so hugely in, in art that has promise and potential mm-hmm. that I get carried away with all of the good possibilities. And I think sometimes I could work on, you know, if somebody has a totally different view and they just, they can't see changing. Um, whereas say seven of us want to change and this person's not changing. Yeah. It, it has been tough to, understand how to go about that. What I usually try to do is I try to put the power in their court. I, I find that, um, you know, cause look, if you think about what we all do as artists, no matter what we do for writers or singers, it's just, we're like really vulnerable people. It's like, mm. it's like opening up your heart and like stabbing it by saying like, your view is not quite it. Like it's, mm. that's tough for people. And so if you look at it like on a therapeutic level of like this person, um, this person's heart is on the line, then you can approach, you can approach someone not so impulsively Um, Mm. because it's just art in general. It's just, we are like, if you're doing the right kind of art, you're just vulnerable. Um, Mm. So I, I, I honestly can't say that I've been the most amazing at that in the past, but I have worked on it. And people like say Susan Stroman, I, I look at it and I keep getting inspired by it because I see how she does it. And I'm just, it's, it's wild. And I have to say, working with people like that, I've gotten, I've just become a better person. Mm. I have an understanding of how to work with people like that. Um, but I think the key to it is trusting that time in time, it will work itself out. It will either work itself out and you will find a place where, where you come together or you'll, or your line will get crossed and you realize like, I'm putting way more energy into this than I, than I now believe the outcome to be. So now you have to say, okay, I'm going to step back and I'm not going to change your way. You have your way and what your way, your way is very valid, but in the, in the belief system I have as a director, choreographer, producer, whatever, I'm going to take my passion and go elsewhere and find a new team and do something. Um, and so I, I think I think having that ability to do that is is important because the more you sort of try to push the envelope and like really change someone's mind or even come together as a collaborator and really try to make it work. If it's just not working, it's not working, and that's okay. It has and it has nothing to do with them as a person. It just it just means it's not going to work out. Um, right. So having the grace and kindness and 
patience for people. Uh, it just takes a, a great amount of it. It yeah. really does. No, it, it definitely does. And I, I mean, it's you're, you've put it in a great way. Yes, it, it all in the end, it all works itself out. Uh, what what are your views on networking? I know it's who, you know, we keep hearing a lot of people have heard in the industry, especially young kids entering it to, you know, to, you know, in your case, everyone knows you, but, <laughs> but I'm curious, what are your views in terms of, you know, keeping it genuine? Um, it's really that it's genuine, but it also, um, I've realized a lot of young people, maybe they've been taught this, but I feel like they're not told to like reach out and ask, like ask for help. I can't tell you how many like people in I know in my community would gladly help out anybody who's just asking. And for some reason, there's the stigma like, oh, hi, I love your work. Hello. Okay. Bye-bye. And you're like, bye. You know, and it's, it's one of those things where you, you want to be like, you, are you needing something? Cause I, I'm, I'd love to help you. I think it's, mm. I think it's more awkward to, to get it, to sign an autograph or take a picture with someone than it is to, for a young person to say, what's your best advice in moving forward for me? Because mm. gosh, I, I mean, if we can't, if we're not here to help the young generation do what we do, but way better and reach broader audiences, then what are we doing? What is the point? <laughs> like right. if, if, if all we're doing is trying to be the best at something and inspire an audience and then all the young people are just like left in the shade, like that's pretty horrible, you know? Mm. So it's, it's, it really is our job to help the next generation do what they do so well. So I would say, don't be afraid to reach out for help um, and be bold at it. I, I'm a, I mean, I'm a naturally sort of bold person when it comes down to it. And I've learned though, you can be bold and also be kind and gracious. You don't have to be a jerk. Yeah. Um, and that is just, that's it. Ask for what you want because everybody's searching for the next big idea. Everybody wants to, to hear and see the new idea and find the next big collaborator they can work with to spawn on their new passion in life. I mean, what's more, what's not more exciting than that? And if it makes a lot of money, there's a perk, right. you know? Right. So it's like, um, and you can't do that without being bold, No, you know? So it, the boldness has that, that's been a natural thing for you your whole life, just given your circumstances or has that? I think the circumstances have helped. Yeah. But, but I think it's, um, I think it's like, um, it's the natural circumstances that honestly build a fire underneath you Hmm. that just keep you going because you don't have a crutch just to lean on. Uh, you just, you just kind of like moving on faith because like if you, when you got nothing, you got nothing to lose. And you also, um, you also have the ability because you have nothing to look up more because there's not much of a pile of, you know, money to look at. Or there's not, there's not, when you, when you have no, you know, belongings, <laughs> it's just you in the world and you got, you're kind of like, you can conquer anything. I mean, um, if you, if you really want it. Um, and I think that part of it sort of helped me my entire life. Um, I mean, just like leaving college when I did leaving college and not getting a degree and being scared to death and having uh, my musical theater guy at CCM say, you don't need this degree. You can go work on Broadway right now. So go, you want to be here, be here. If you want to be there, be there. And it was like this, 
this bold sort of like um, um, like psychic phenomenon that happened to me. Like, oh, I should just do what I feel or I should just do what I've been seeing and envisioning. Oh, well, then I'll just do it. And it was like, that's, I mean, it was scary. But the moment I got into a, you know, on a Greyhound bus with two bags and went to New York with zero money and a couch to live on changed my entire life. It just said, this is it. It's not about going to college and getting a degree. Mm. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm not that guy that says you got to do that. I'm the guy who says, uh, you got to do what instinctually is correct for you. You got to meet a lot of good people. You got to keep training and working, but you don't need a damn degree to go do anything in the arts. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, I, the fire, but also just, um, there's like a healthy anger. I don't know if you've ever well talked said. about like, like a healthy anger, just like, I'm so, I'm so like, it's almost like I, I'm just, I'm, you know, if you, if you don't like what, what you're seeing on Broadway, or if you don't like what you're seeing in the photography world or in the writing world, we'll change it, mm. do something about it. You know, it's such a waste of time to complain about the, the, you know, if you, if in your taste, the way your level of taste is not holding up with what you're seeing, we'll get some people together and change it. Mm. Cause you, what do you think that people are going to change it for you? We're going to like hear your request and oh, I'll get right on that and spend $10 million and change it your way. And, 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 take a chance that people show up to the theater well, do it yourself and that's what i've learned it's just like do it yourself you have this way of taking a quintessential motiv motivational quote and <laughs> saying it the way it needs to be said like what you just said you need to have a healthy anger about you know change is so much better than you know than be the change you wish to see in the world be the change you wish to see it's like no like be it have the fire the you know the process. well it's like yeah well it's one thing to say because I, I hate uh, to be honest with you I, I i used to love this word i hate this word now and i hate the word passion mm. i think it's bullshit i think because i think like i think it's about like knowing sure you want to know what you want to do but like ask yourself the question like like what it's not passion it's like how do i want to help how can i help mm. how can i help someone and it's whatever it is in life that's and in like, how do you evolve with the time and constantly help? That's being successful. Mm. Be using your passion to do like, some people just aren't that passionate. So what do they do? Mm. You know, it's like, not everyone is like, honestly, not everyone at four years old looked at Fred Astaire and went, I want to do that. Like, that's <laughs> stupid. Like, who does that? Like, you know, not many people. No. Most, a lot of dancers I know started at 18 years old and they're way more technically proficient than I am. So it's like, what does that even mean? Hmm. You know, and we have to look at like virtues like work, maybe just work hard and get what you want by working hard and meeting kind people and surrounding yourself with them and shooting ideas and brainstorm, do a brainstorm session of artistic ideas over drinks in your backyard. Hmm. These are the things that like develop into huge concepts and ideas that, that can make a lot of money. It's not necessarily like, what's your passion in life? Because like passions change, they change all the time, you know? So I don't know, it, it, it sounds precious and dramatic to me to say, follow your passion. All right, well, what is that? I don't know, it sounds yeah. generic. It, yeah, it does. it does. And the way you're saying it, it's, it's not, you know, it's so specific. Discipline, I wanna to touch on discipline. I know there's a lot of discipline with dance and I'm curious what your views are on, you know, your own self-discipline. 
Well, what I've learned in the pandemic is I am inherently a complacent, lazy person um, who, given, given a deadline or a time limit or something coming up, let's say some director says, memorize this within 24 hours even, or memorize this by Friday or, you know, tech rehearsals coming and then dress rehearsal and then opening night. You must be, you must have a spot on character by the time we have opening night. You give me a deadline and I am the hardest worker in the room. I will make it happen. You give me uh, an audition, you know, with two days notice, I will kill it. But you, you ask me to go in my studio and, and keep myself in shape and create some new things out of nothing and give my own self, you know, it's, it's a complete, like, it has opened my eyes up to like my problem. And that is like, stop trying to, um, you know, mo be motivated only by other people's timelines. It's like, use your timeline. You're 42 years old, wake up. You want to do something, set a goal, get a schedule. You know, if you don't do it, give yourself a repercussion for it. Like, like figure it out because like I was saying, nobody's going to do this for you, especially in a pandemic. Like, Who's creating art with you, you know, if you're not doing it by yourself, especially like I, I know, six to eight months of last year was, you know, we were really cooped in. Mm. So what are you doing as an artist? How are you helping? Um, and I, I realized real quick, I was like, Ooh, there's a problem. <laughs> and I didn't, ha I didn't know it because I've been blessed to always be working on something or performing for the last 20 years. I've never gone a month without being motivated by some timeline mm. or deadline. Mm. And, um, and so I'm getting better at it, but uh, boy, did this show me my weakness? You know, I'm in here. I could, I could just be lazy all day with, I could drink three, four cups of coffee and keep chatting with you and realize, Oh, I should have gotten that today. I'll try it tomorrow. And <laughs> um, so <laughs> that's uh, that I'm working on right now. Okay. <laughs> No, I love it. I love it. Thank you for that. Uh, favorite failure. Do you have a failure, an apparent failure that set you up for success? Um, failure. You know, it's, it's just, I'm trying to think here. Um, getting a job or not getting a job doesn't, it mostly doesn't have to do with being good enough it has to do with being right being 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 dead on for that character which has nothing to do with anything in your control and i found that out the hard way like i really did believe um i failed on a few things the first thing i felt i thought i failed at was i i came to new york one of the first things i auditioned for was 42nd street here i am me thinking at the time, I mean, tap has come a long way since I've known it, but mm. I, I was I'm a prolific tapper coming to the city thinking, okay, I'm going to go for 42nd street. You know, it's this huge show. I saw, I watched, I, I, I watched as a kid, but I knew it was coming back. And, and um, I went to this audition and there were 13 of us left at this final callback and they cut two of us. I was, one of two people that was asked to leave the room and I'm, I'm leaving the room at the Ford, the old Ford center studio. They said, congratulations, you 11, you have made the Broadway company of 42nd street. 
And I was fresh out of just leaving college to come or leaving the national tour that I had just done out of college to come to New York as an actual resident. Mm. And I remember crying my eyes out in the corner, called my mother. And I was like, if I can't, if I can't do this job, like if I can't do like Broadway tap, which isn't even like hoofing, like if I can't do this sort of like basic level tap with some sequins on in the back on a stair, maybe I should not be in this city. Uh, and I, I'll, I'll never forget how those vultures just attacked me on that curb. And I remember thinking, I just want to leave. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Now I've gone through that many times in my life wanting to be done and leaving, but that was the first one. And it felt like a failure, but I realized like that was my own, that was my own demon hitting me and saying things. I'm, I was, I was sort of getting attacked from, it was nothing they were doing. And later on, here I am working with for Randy Skinner, who directed and choreographed choreographed the show, right. and he's doing White Christmas on Broadway. And, and I remember saying to him, do you remember when you cut me from the show? And he said, well, yeah. And he said, he said to me, well, Tony, you were just, you, you did the, the tap combination so well. Frankly, you just stuck out like as sort of a soloist, and I needed people who to blend in. And I thought to myself, what? Like, yeah. what a weird transition of viewpoint. And, he, you know, and it, it was the same thing of like, you didn't fail. You could say you failed because you didn't do exactly what I needed you to do. But you sure enough just showed me who you were. And that's not a failure. It's not a failure to be who you are in an audition. It's not a failure to be who you are to try to get something and not get it. You, you were successful at being who you were, truly. Hmm. You just weren't right for that specific job. And frankly, three or four to five times in my life that's shown itself so true in that way. I have either not gotten something or it's not happened. Like some dream role that I thought I really wanted didn't happen. And I swear like a month later, two months later, I got a, some other role that frankly led me down a path to get me a Tony nomination. Hmm. I mean, it's just, and what if I would have taken the job or I would have gotten the job that my, my mind, my heart was set on at the time, I wouldn't have gone down that other beautiful path. Yeah. So it's like, that's the other thing about this business. If you just trust it um, and you have instincts, even if other people say, you know, I've had other things where I want to do a role and my agents or whatever would say, you know, back, way back in the past, I had a manager who said, you go, you do this because this is a more of a prestigious theater company, not here. And I kept saying, no, I kept saying no. And I'm so glad I followed my instinct and took this, not so prestigious job that ended up going to Broadway and earning me a Tony nomination. So it was, um, there are things in life that way, but you have to sit there and realize like everything happens for a reason. I think artists, especially we are in like a new, we are in this like weird spirit realm where like, because we're that vulnerable and because we're transcending a, a thought, a feeling to an audience, we're in the spirit realm and we're very close to God in that way. And we have got to just hang on and go for the ride, do our work, be the best we can be always work on our skill craft, be as vulnerable and truthful, but just like hang on because like, it's just going to like wind up working out, mm. you know, it's, it's uh, oddly reassuring, you know, to, to really <laughs> think about that because it's so true. It's a bumpy ride. Yeah, on. sure is. Um, you may have just answered this. Um, is there a common piece of incorrect advice that you hear often? 
Um, I'm trying to think here. Hmm. Well, with ki- with young kids, I mean, we, I mean, if we're talking, I mean, I know you're 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 being general, um, in a way, but uh, with young people in the business I'm in. I see so many kids not only um, needing to try to fit in. I think it's different now. I think it's getting better, uh, oddly enough, uh, with um, with all the different um, suppressed communities coming out and saying, I am here, and being able to raise their voice for, for freedom, basically. I, I think it's getting better. Because what I think gets cast, and I, what I think is interesting in an audition room or on Broadway or in theater are the odd people or the queer people are the, the weirdos that we, it's like, we are dying for those stories. We want to see those types of people tell them. Mm. Um, and for the longest time you had these like institutions and colleges just churn out like a machine and clockwork, these sort of vanilla robots. And they wondered why they either weren't getting cast or, or were just bored and not feeling like artists. They were just kind of like, they they went through the Broadway tank, you know, a couple shows and they left the business. They just weren't inspired. And I'm just glad that I think nowadays we are starting to finally be able to just be who we are from a younger age now. Um, but even in the sense of like singing per se, you know, people, all these young kids feel like they have to sing the high note. You know, make sure you sing the high note. I mean, like, I don't think it ever really matters. Like, sure, you need to, if you're going to be Elphaba on Broadway, you need to sing the high note. But like, at the end of the day, to get a job and to be interesting enough to want to work with that person, um, you have to be so honest that you surprise yourself in the room, that you can't believe how honest you were in the room. Mm. And it resonates so much across the table that they just want to see you again. They can't get enough. And after the first like second or third bar of music that you sing, nobody's thinking about your voice anymore. And this is partly that sort of transcending like spiritual thing where if you are that honest, we are riveted and we want to get to know you and, and know how you work more. Um, and so I, I keep seeing young people having to put on things and I always want to like say, you are enough. You don't need to put anything on. There's nothing that you have to put on that is more interesting than the simple part of who you are. Um, And so that's what's tough because when you get those vultures and those people that keep putting you down and telling you you're not good enough or also telling you you're wrong or saying you can't sing or you can't dance or there's a million insecurities that creep up. And gosh, it's, it's, even at like the last year of college when they're about to come to New York, it's like the worst time where it's like every single part of all the bad layers of someone are on there. And you would think four years of training, they would have helped them erase those layers. Mm. But what I'm seeing is like way more insecurity and way more things put on someone's real true self than being stripped away. So we can just be open with each other in a room. Um, um, So, in a lot of ways, it's uh, it's an experience for them when if if we're you know if I'm able to work with them you know master class like you know educational 
uh, like a class or whatever. It, it's 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 neat to see to watch that, but it would be great if it started earlier. And I just I think it starts with parenting and it starts with the educational system that we're in. Um, I wish that would change because I have a heart for that, you know. In life, what's most important to you? These very deeply simple philosophical questions that you have. Um, <laughs> um, right now, it's probably just, I mean, it's, it, it transcends everything right now. Um, uh, right now, it's about leading with love and kindness. Um, I love the word simple. Um, Albert Einstein, we share a birthday, uh, uh, but Albert Einstein uh, is something, uh, somebody that I, I'm constantly interested in um, because he always wanted to um, meld the worlds of science and religion. And I, I like to do that as well. And he was always fascinated by the word simple. And he used to talk about how um, God was sort of the, like the simplest version of love. And I'm like, Albert Einstein, you're saying this stuff? Like this scientist? Like going deep into like, you know, God, because he believed in God. But he, but he believed it in a way that I wish we would sort of get back to. Um, because everyone's righteousness and pride has gotten the best of them. Um, cause right now it's, for me, it's like, a, it's about loving my son. It's about loving my wife. It's about loving the people around me. I mean, I have a tough family, you know, and I just took a trip to Florida to go see them. And I remember telling myself, I'm, I, no matter what happens, you know, I'm not going to engage in politics right now. I'm just not, I'm going to go down there with the idea that I'm going to leave with love and have a simple conversation where I connect with someone who no matter what you think of them, you may not like them, but you love them. Okay, mm. so how, how are we gonna come together? And um, that's been the challenge, is leading with love in a simple, honest, kind way. Mm. Um, if we can't do that, we can't get any points across, we can't change, we can't prosper as a species. Um, and I think that's where God really lives. I don't think it's in the church or it's in religion. It's all that. Sure, maybe it's that as well. But it's it's in a simple, simple, simple love. And it's not complicated. If you could put a word or a phrase on a billboard for millions of people to see, does anything come to mind? Uh, yeah. Um, keep looking up. They're already looking up, right? Mm. Like, could you just like remind them to stay there? Because we're getting trapped looking down so much. And there's just so much more up there. So I would say, keep your eyes up. And look, you just, um, I'm, you know, and what we don't do, the other, the other thing I would say is just breathe. Mm -hmm. Forgive yourself and breathe. Um, but yeah, we're, we're trapped in technology right now and it's not looking good. It would be great if we all looked up in the sky a little bit and took a breath because it would change our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, that's funny enough. Joe Mantello said the exact same thing when I asked him. About oh, really? Exactly. It was look up, get off your phone. So um, we got a new collaborator. See? Yeah. <laughs> uh, there it is. Right. Um, okay. As we wrap up here, uh, flying over sunset, 
what yeah. are you, what are you looking towards? How do you feel about it? What's the future for you look like? Anything else you want to add here? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm so excited to get into theater again. Yeah. Who's not? I mean, right. we're all we have all talked. Everyone's like, I'm just gonna cry when I walk into the theater and see my that's when I see my dresser and I'm gonna hug her and I'm gonna and then I'm gonna see my cast. I'm gonna hug them. I mean, the first show with an audience, the whole show is gonna stop like 18 times because we're all just gonna be bawling. I mean, it's just like I, at least that's my romanticized version of it all. Yeah. Um, but I'm really excited about this piece. I've, I've dreamt about working at the Vivian Beaumont Theater ever since I got to New York. It's just where I love that. Pl- I love Lincoln Center. I love all the buildings. I love the architecture. I love working in all those spaces. Um, but, you know, James Lapine, Tom Kitt, Michael Corey, they just they've created a beautiful work that really is going to be about what's going on, what we need. And it's really about... Um, understanding where you are and being aware of your present moment and knowing that's enough. And it's, God, if we don't need that now more than ever. Um, but it is based on these, these true characters. I play Cary Grant. Um, I do put my tap shoes on and uh, Michelle Dorrance, who's choreographing is challenging the heck out of me in the best way. And um, she's push, she's always pushing the needle with tap dance. Um, but um, it's, Got one of the most beautiful scores I've heard in such a long time. Tom Kitt is like such a genius with the way he's orchestrating everything. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm just, I mean, I don't know. I'm excited to have a schedule again, you know, I go to the theater every day and see people and change, hopefully change lives and um, be part of the community that has always been my real family, yeah. you know? That's so special. I can't wait. I can't wait to see you up there. And uh, this has been such a great conversation. I really appreciate Thanks, you being so vulnerable. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Tony Yazbek. You've been listening to Entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another Curiosity Conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening.